0: I've got a sticky situation, which is kind of an amusing thing, except 21 people died.
1: Oh, I have um, an old piece of paper about which no one died. DATE
0: FIGHT! Hello there. Welcome to Date Fight. It's the show that takes great moments from history and pitches them <laughs> against each other sort of where am I what day We've is it I no know what day what it, is. it is <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: the 15th of January and this is definitely day five he's Jake yep yeah. I'm Nat Dupley and together we will be trawling through whatever trawlers troll, probably oceans to pull the finest and Plastic historical squid out and to watch them die on the deck of our entertainment. Beautiful, more beautiful imagery. Thank you so much. <laughs> you are very welcome. Round one. Round one um, I will go to the 15th of January, 1759, <gasps> and the opening of the British Museum. Oh, the first public. National Museum in the whole wide world, which now contains 13 million objets. Oh. It was taken from the collection of Sir Hans Sloane, who, it keeps saying, he bequeathed his collection to the state in exchange for £20,000. Now that doesn't sound like bequeathing it, that sounds like <laughs> selling it Flogged to it. So here's what's happened, he's got a
0: lockup with quite a lot of Nick <laughs> swag in it, <laughs> yeah, and he's fenced it oh. off
1: to the government. Even worse than Nick Twag, uh, he bought all his 71,000 objects by marrowing the widow of a wealthy Jamaican planter. So this is all slave money that bought all the original collection, including 40,000 books and 7,000 manuscripts. It gets so much better. (laughs) It gets so much better after that, because we hadn't started nicking stuff by then, (laughs) because to begin with it was mainly a library. And then what it doesn't say on their website about how they went from 71,000 objects to 13 million objects is the fact that the growth of the British Museum coincided pretty exactly with the ability of (laughs) British men to be able to go anywhere in the world and steal things at gunpoint. So in 1778 they had a hugely popular display of objects from the South Seas brought back by Captain Cook and pretty much every year after that they went around the world nicking stuff and keeping it. That's why we've got it all. In fact, the Elgin Marbles we named after the person who nicked them. Mm. They're not even named after where they were found. The Greeks called them the Parthenon marbles, not us. Elgin marbles. Why? Because Elgin but, nicked them. But,
0: Nat, hang on a second. Um, it's because, mm-hmm. yes, historically... Terrible terrible things happened, but there's a little thing called restitution yeah. and justice and appeasement and apology and Yes. The, the restoration of, <laughs> yes. of
1: of what is right. And well, how are we doing with that? Well we're doing um dreadfully with that. I mean in particular <laughs> <laughs> Well, because there is a very um, specific legal reason why the British Museum don't want to give anything back to anyone because they say it would undermine the entire concept of the ownership of most of their collection. And rightly so, I think. They think that it would really legally undermine... So if they give anything back, then they're essentially conceding, we don't really own any of this. But what they could do, perhaps, is put it give it on indefinite loan, or... They don't take the money from one of their, let's say, their BP sponsorship and use that to tour it around the countries where they came from. I don't know. There are other um, options for them rather than just giving them back. But they are very keen not to just give things back because that would mean, essentially, they don't own anything and the British Museum would just be an empty building. I'm seeing... Well, uh, you call it an empty building. I'm seeing Westfield Bloomsbury. <laughs> I'd a Escape Park.
0: <laughs> the biggest escape room <laughs> in history.
1: Yeah. But so that's the opening of the British Museum. It's obviously hugely influential um, and full of human remains which we stole from around the world. Ta da! You're welcome, ben! world! <laughs> yes. But we did invent the idea of going around the world nicking things. First public national museum, so, yeah. you know, you're welcome. Yeah, yeah. It's another great
0: moment to be a British person. Uh, mm. On this podcast, history's <laughs> I, full of those. I hope, I sincerely hope that this entire podcast series is sort of taken by its consumers as just a a, a a huge epic
1: apologia for. I hope so. I hope all of the shockingly bad things that we've done. It would be terrible to feel this apologetic every day and yet not to be apologising. Yeah, I apologise. Yeah, we both apologise very much. that yeah. this should be on the curriculum. Yeah, just for everyone.
0: Yeah. Um, that said, I'm mm-hmm. going to take you back to the 15th of January 1919 and invite you to have a bit of a chuckle at some people who died because they died in molasses, Nat.
1: <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> oh. So this was the great molasses. Does this start funny, then get horrific? It starts funny and then it gets horrific. Yeah. In fact, it, yeah. it doesn't okay. last very long in the funny bit. Um, I tell um, you what.
1: Did they come to a sticky end?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean they drowned in boiling hot molasses. If that's if that's your uh, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. So this was in Boston. Tell me the story. Okay, then. well this is in Boston, Massachusetts. It's in 1919, mm. and uh, a wave of molasses is released from an exploding storage tank. Uh, that's this is this is yeah. 24 million pounds of molasses. It is a staggering amount of molasses. You might be thinking to yourself, why do they need that much molasses? I mean, you only make Christmas cake once a year. (laughs) It's the only time you use it. Yeah. Uh, But you can ferment molasses and you can make ethanol, Mm -hmm. the active ingredient in alcoholic beverages, and also a key component in munitions. So drinking and fighting. Where would we be without molasses Mm -hmm. for that?
1: Molasses.
0: So the... The theory is that uh, what they did is they had these massive storage tanks mm. of molasses. Yeah. Um, and they were dumping more into a tank. And what they would do is they would heat the molasses to make it, literally to make it runny. Make it runny so it would yeah, so not right. so stick to everything if they poured it, it in. The, yeah, yeah. What they, and then they'd have a crane with this massive 40-foot index finger that would just wipe down the <laughs> <Yeah>. spoon <laughs> and then suck it. All of the townsfolk would gather to suck the, the finger.
1: <laughs>
0: but uh, what happened was they think that the hot molasses made the cold molasses expand, there wasn't room in the tank, and kaboom. Uh, apparently the ground shook and they heard a roar. As this tank collapsed, they said it sounded like a an elevated train. Had these people ever
1: heard an elevated train? I, I it don't, seems like an odd thing I, for them to choose.
0: I don't think it's. That it up. sounds like
1: one of those modes of transport we don't have in Boston. <laughs> oh, don't make me don't make me look up whether or not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I no really way. can't That's be right. bothered. But it uh, like some people horses. said it sounded.
0: They said it sounded like machine gun fire as the rivets shot out of the tank. Wow! This is pure Hollywood yeah. stuff, right? Do, 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 do. So it's 40% more dense than water and it had a lot of energy and this turned into a wave of molasses that was 25 feet high. What? How big was the storage tank? It was mo- 24 million pounds and- of molasses moving at 35 miles an hour. You could not outrun this. Okay, yeah. Oh, and here's a detail mm. for you. The wave was strong enough... To drive the burst tank against the girders of the adjacent Boston
1: Elevated Railways <laughs> Atlantic Avenue structure. Okay. So actually, they'd heard that sound. It just sounded like an ordinary L train. They'd heard yeah. it. A lot of, they're like, oh, train's a bit early today. Woof! Yeah. Oh! <laughs> So it was
0: horrendous. Uh, it was. Uh, this is the Boston Post said, molasses mm. waist deep covered the street and swirled and bubbled about the wreckage. Here and there struggled a form. Whether it was an animal or a human being was impossible to tell. Only an upheaval, a thrashing about in the sticky mass showed where any life was. Ooh. Horses died like so many flies on sticky flypaper. Isn't that horrific? It is. So yeah, lol, and then I feel like a terrible person. Yeah.
1: Although that, that <sharp inhale> last metaphor does then sort of reveal the hypocrisy of our attitude to horses with regard to our attitude to flies, which are more than happy well, to stick to. Well, I, I will
0: say that winter, horse in molasses was the dish du jour in every restaurant.
1: <laughs> 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 <But I> apparently- <laughs> imagine a haunch like a toffee apple that you're sort of biting. <laughs> Yum.
0: Sticky ribs. <laughs> it's uh, So uh, apparently, even after the cleanup, for decades afterwards on a hot day... Boston smelled of molasses. Wow. That's quite something. Yeah, I could wish it smelled of that now. I can't imagine.
1: Mm. Hmm. So whereabouts in the city was it? Was it in the old bits or in the new bits? Uh, Well, it would have been in the old bits. It was by the port, I think. Right.
0: It was uh, because it was a ship, I think, was unloading some molasses.
1: 24 feet high. That still seems like a lot of molasses to me. That's an unbelievable amount of... Very hot molasses. If we can say anything about this story, it's that that was a lot of molasses. (laughs) (laughs) And a lot of (laughs) molasses. All died. Shall I do the birthdays? Happy birthday birthday to... Molière! Jean-Baptiste Poquelin, playwright who died just after a performance of his The Imaginary Invalid in which he had played a hypochondriac who thought he was so ill he was going to die. Mmm. I mean, he had to die after some place. Probably not that exciting. Um, Happy birthday to Sofia Kovalevskaya. She was a Russian mathematician and the first woman to get a full professorship in Northern Europe. She was also the first woman to edit a scientific journal. However, her life was very 19th century Russian, in that her alcoholic husband was exiled for his radical politics before committing suicide, and then she died at 41. So happy birthday, Sofia Kovalevskaya. Also happy birthday to Claudia Winkleman, whose autobiography should be called Beyond the Fringe... Even if it isn't <laughs> she can have that. You can have that. wait Do you know there you what I did my you cab the other day? Your, I had your, Claudia with I said, yeah,
0: when you do your autobiography, I said you can have that. Do you know what she, she said? Do you know what she said? She just drove off. She said, do she said? She said.
1: Brilliant. <laughs> Happy death day to Chak Tokichak the first the great jaguar paw head of the maya city of Tikal he died on the day that Ak, a war leader for Teotihuacan the spear thrower owl arrived in Tikal probably because he killed him Happy Death Day to Ite of Kilidi, an Irish nun who was said to embody the six virtues of Irish womanhood. Any guess as to what the six virtues of Irish womanhood are, Jake? Um... No, that's that's a trap. Don't even stand st- yeah, st- yeah. Thank you. It is, I appreciate you. Risk- I,
0: I'm having to forfeit today's <laughs> day fight for your rescue there. Thank you.
1: Wisdom, purity, beauty, musical ability, gentle speech... Oh and needle skills wowzers (laughs) Uh, she fostered saint brendan but she died when a beetle at her side and grew to the size of a pig (laughs) What? (laughs) i have no idea some people think this may be a metaphor for cancer i like to think it's a big beetle who at her side and grew to the size of a pig yeah i'm definitely in the latter camp yeah also happy that happened to a mate of mine that actually happened to a mate of mine (laughs) happy death day to Rosa Luxemburg the socialist revolutionary who didn't like the Bolsheviks she criticised the Bolsheviks but during the revolutions in Germany in 1919-20 she was taken prisoner in Berlin and killed without trial and shot in the street by Captain Pabst Happy Death Day, Rosa Luxemburg, and those are the death days. Excellent. Before we go on the death days, though, mm-hmm. uh, who who's the
0: one that died? The the general from the uh, t- t- t-
1: the the tribe thing. Oh, Chuck Tuckit k- Happy Death day to Chuck Tuckit k- the first. Yes, yes. I'm going to be talking about that tomorrow. Oh, you? Ah, uh, yes, yes. I expect that, you are that too. That does appear twice in these online repository of information. Yes. <laughs> I didn't notice that. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's a good story. Yeah, we can say it took him a day to die. he died a day early. But and-
0: I'm, I, think I, might get, I think I might get you to do all the pronunciations. Because that, makes
1: it <laughs> it was not, that was just me adding clicks to saying it. Uh,
0: I'm the one who has to edit this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> January the 15th, 1910. Yes. Ooh. And construction is completed on the Buffalo Bill Dam. Oh. Uh, they weren't damming Buffalo Bill. It wasn't some medical... I was going to say, was he flooding? A This is the tallest dam in the world at the time of its completion. 99 metres high. Being seven feet high. <laughs> yeah, in the saddle. <laughs> so uh, it's uh, quite a landmark and it was used Ooh. to, obviously, irrigate the surrounding arid countryside. Mm. But... It made me interested in Buffalo Bill because I was like yes. Is he is he someone we should celebrate? Is that a thing? And yes, yes
1: Buffalo Bill Cody. Is he a goodie or is he a badie?
0: He's very much a white hat. Oh. He was quite a good guy. He supported the civil rights of Native Americans. Hooray. He employed many of them and gave them good pay. Hooray. Is and it by putting him on a
1: freak show though?
0: I mean, that was a muted her... Yeah, well, c- kind of, yeah. He had, a, he, had a, he had a sort of Native American aquarium, if you like.
1: <laughs> by implicitly
0: othering but he- them,
1: he promoted their rights. Yay!
0: But, uh, no, he described them as the former foe, present friend, the American. Oh. Which is pretty egalitarian. It is. And he once said, Every Indian outbreak that I have ever known has resulted from broken promises and broken treaties by the government. mm
1: which, in some ways, again, is very, very um, worthy. But he does say Indian outbreak, which... Yeah, oh, OK, all right, yes, I know. <laughs> Implicitly makes them a virus. But you've got similar. to contextualise it. Yes, I am. Well done, Buffalo Bill, and your damn And he
0: and he also supported the rights of women. Oh. He said, what we want to do is give women even more liberty than they have. Yes, mm. ladies, even we're going to give even you... Even more. <laughs> we. Yes. Yeah the men are going to give you <laughs> more liberty. But he said, let them do any kind of work they see fit. Um, and if they do it as well as men, give them the same pay. Oh, well done. Um, but then he was a Freemason and he became a Knight Templar, which is kind of weird. Mm, yeah, one of the weird new ones, not a proper Knight Templar. Um, and the dam's all very well, but what more fitting uh, tribute could there be uh, than a to dam. have a... L- Locomo- <laughs> locomotive number one oh. Named after you at Euro Disneyland Railroad <laughs> <laughs> Just imagine It's exactly what he would have wanted But Jack Eustow is fuming Well yes Because of his work with Aquaria yeah.
1: But it was just Native Americans uh, Well that's, that was a very nice story Good to know that Buffalo Bill Wasn't, as, wasn't as awful as everyone else of the 19th century apparently Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a very low benchmark. (laughs) He managed not to abuse other humans for a brief period. Well done, Buffalo Bill Cody. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm going to take you to the 15th of January 1962 and the discovery of Greece's oldest papyrus, the Deveni papyrus, uh, which was found. I was hoping you. I, I was hoping you would. Oh, well, you're looking forward to the story, the fascinating story of the Deveni? <laughs> I papyrus. genuinely was. I, I, I just thought, oh, that
0: looks really hard. <laughs> and then you did it, which is brilliant.
1: Thanks, mate. Well, it was written during the reign of Philip II of Macedon. It was a philosophical treatise, but we're not really sure about that because the only reason it survived, Greece has very humid earth, apparently, so no papyruses survived from the uh, era because it just rotted away except for this one, because this one was put on someone's funeral pyre, and so it was burnt. So essentially you've got a black piece of paper with black ink on it, and we've worked out that it was a philosophical treatise about an allegorical comedy from the 5th century BC. Good apparently. Lord. And it was the oldest written document, paper document, from Europe ever. There we go. So that's what we got. It was carbonized in the funeral pyre. Um, it survived, but is illegible. But it is the oldest surviving manuscript in the Western tradition um, and the oldest papyrus within Greece. And it was someone's sitcom script. Is that what you're saying? Yes. It was. <laughs> <laughs> Almost certainly. It was. The one thing we definitely need more of. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you do need more, I've got a big drawer full of. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. We all have, mate. Yeah. <laughs> What's the legacy of this generation
1: going to be? Chicken bones and sitcom scripts? Yeah. <laughs> Pictures for podcasts now Oh yeah, of course, podcasts, yeah (laughs) (laughs) An auditory wave Will just be filling the past (laughs) Noise like this Polluting everyone's brains Speaking of polluting your brains, we'll be back tomorrow with more brain pollution. Yes we will but you need to decide who which mm. one out of which of us or who. Is it the British Museum? Is it Buffalo Bill? Is it Boskin's Molasses Disaster? Or is it Grease's Old Papyrus? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Well you do because
0: you can now vote. Uh, we're voting every day now uh, for wh- who you feel won and then we're going to toss up uh, yeah. at the end of the week and, and work out who, who the week's winner is on some days, Yes. Do you
1: want to know the score so far? No.
0: Okay. I I mean, I do. I really, really, I really do, but I don't want to cloud the way people vote today. Oh, really?
1: (laughs) Perhaps I do. Perhaps I do.
0: (laughs) I don't know. If you go to at date underscore fight on Twitter, you can vote there. Yes. Or facebook.com forward slash date vote. You can vote there. I mean, the very fact that... We weren't really bringing the vote part up <laughs> it's making me feel <laughs> like this is interesting anyway that's the end of the podcast um, nothing else yeah, do vote. Do to- to- it's so important guys yeah, alright is, is it or we'll is it just yet tomorrow, another yeah.
1: uh, example of the way in which we look to democracy to fulfil the emptiness in our souls that an absence of moral fibre? are.
0: It's literally because I shout leave means leave every other episode. (laughs) (laughs) Leave means leave. Do vote and we'll see you
1: tomorrow. See you tomorrow. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Bye.